0: He's a very significant part of the Christmas story, Joseph. Someone who, in a sense, was thrust into it and made to make some very tough decisions, wasn't he? Someone who was made to almost give everything to trust that God was actually talking to him. God had actually been involved in what was probably a scandal in those days, a young Unmarried woman being pregnant. Let's pray. Lord, as we come to Advent 2017, in a sense, Lord, many of us are, we can't believe that we're here already. And yet, Lord, what a joy it is to know you. What a joy it is to know the truth about who you are, Lord God. You're our Lord and our Saviour, Jesus. I pray for us in the next few weeks as we look at this series, what child is this? We can marvel afresh at our Lord and our God, the one who we will be with forever. Lord, we thank you so much for this opportunity to open your word and we do pray that you speak to us through your word this morning. Amen. So there's no mention of the man who raised the son of Mary, the one who gave everything to this child that was, in a sense, thrust upon him. But he gave everything, every part of him was given to Jesus. You know, everyone else in the Christmas story makes a cameo here except for the one man who would do this, who would basically be giving everything so that the son of God could thrive it's an incredible thing to think about. Joseph rarely gets much or any recognition. In Mark's Gospel, for example, he's not even mentioned. The same amount of exposure as in this song, nothing is mentioned about Joseph. Matthew, Luke and John, they all mention him by name, but he never gets to say anything. Do you realise that? He never actually speaks back. We never hear his words. All we have are a few actions in the early years of Jesus' life up until... Maybe his ministry starts. All we always see about him though is his actions are full of trust, obedience and care. He really cares for this baby entrusted to him. He wasn't present in the song. His words aren't present in the gospel text. But Joseph was present before the manger, at the manger and after the manger. He's present at least up until Jesus' 12th birthday. Beyond that account, we're really not sure what happened to Joseph. Historians believe perhaps he died in those between 12 and 30 years of Jesus' life. At some point, Joseph passed away. But during his early childhood, Joseph was known not just as son of Mary, as the song says. He was also known as the child or the son of Joseph. So Jesus himself, I think that's beautiful to think about, Jesus felt this about Joseph, that he was the son of Joseph. What child is this? Is a child adopted by a father who not only loved him but poured everything out. I think we can think about that, can't we? We, we sort of think about Jesus, that we, we adopt him in a, in a sense as our Lord and Saviour and we want to give everything to him. It's the same sort of thing happening here. And there are clues throughout the Bible in places that Joseph really loved that little baby Jesus. Matthew 1.18-25 Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being ju- a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son and you shall call him his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfil what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall come and bear a son and they shall call him Emmanuel which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife but knew her not until she had given birth to a son and he called his name Jesus. There's two places in this text which give give us clues that Joseph became Jesus' adopted father, even though he wasn't his birth father. The angel of the Lord said, She will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus. And he called his name Jesus. The naming of the child was the responsibility of a father. It was therefore God's intention that Joseph would adopt Jesus as his own and actually become, in every sense, Jesus' earthly father. Joseph, when when Jesus was born, Joseph got to name Jesus. That's very significant. I I really enjoyed reading this and, and, and hearing how important This was that on the night Jesus was born, Joseph not only gave him his name, he probably symbolically took Jesus and placed him across his knees. This this symbolic act was the way in which a first century husband acknowledged the legitimacy of that child, of his newborn descendant. He actually was saying, this is my child. And he put him across his knee and symbolically adopted him, symbolically took him as his own. Although the Bible doesn't explicitly, explicitly say that Jesus did uh, Joseph did this, it's very likely that when we hear the angel saying, you call him Jesus and Joseph called him Jesus, this is what was happening. It wasn't just, he's Jesus, he's, we're going to call him Jesus. It's like, no, this is my son and I'm calling him Jesus. It's really, truly claiming Jesus as his own. How hard would that have been for Joseph to sort of say yes, even though... We didn't sort of physically make Jesus. He is 100% mine. And Mary, Mary certainly viewed Jesus as Joseph's son. When Jesus was 12 years old, we know the story. Joseph and Mary take Jesus to Jerusalem. They went as a family to celebrate, celebrate Passover and somehow Jesus gets left behind. And as they go back, to, to um, their hometown, they realise he's not there and they frantically go back to look for him. And This is what Mary says to Jesus when she finds him. And when Jesus' parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us so? Behold, your father and I have been searching for you in great distress. I think they're beautiful words. We, we sort of glance over them. But the fact was that, that Joseph was every bit Jesus' son. Luke identified both Mary and Joseph as Jesus' parents. Mary, Jesus' birth mother, says her husband Joseph is Jesus' father. It's clear that Joseph adopted Jesus as his son. In fact, our family not long ago watched a film called The Young Messiah. I think it was on Net- no, it was on Netflix. It's a recently released film and it sort of tries to portray those first 12 years of Jesus' life and, and the way Jesus is struggling not only to be Joseph's son but this tension that he's also the son of God and trying to work out how to, in a sense, you know, this great gift that's been given to him. It's, it's, a, it's a sort of thought-provoking movie I can really sort of encourage you to watch just to sort of see how Jesus was relating to Joseph and Joseph very much wanting to be the father figure in Jesus' life but knowing there was a greater father there all along. Jesus struggling to know how to be the son of God. Another clue is given in uh, John's Gospel when Jesus calls his disciples to follow him. There's several passages which talk about Jesus being the son of Joseph. This is uh, one of them. The next day Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, we found him of whom Moses in the law and the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. So this really pivotal time when, when the Messiah was being proclaimed. Here we found the Messiah. He's the son of Joseph. A great honour, I think, for Joseph to be able to be proclaimed as the, the father of the Messiah. What child is this? Well, everyone who knew Jesus recognised him as Joseph's son. Joseph adopted Jesus from day one. Well, just as Jesus' earthly father, Joseph, considered Jesus to be his son. And this is amazing. Jesus adopts us. <laughs> And puts us across his knee and says, this is my child. When we're born again, can, can you picture yourself in that first moment when you gave your life to the Lord? You were born again of the Spirit like a little babe, born again. Your heavenly Father, or Jesus, putting you across your knee and saying, this is my child. How beautiful is that? How beautiful to think that that's the way God looks at us. We are, we are every bit his children, he is every bit our father. And Paul, Paul writes about these characteristics of Jesus. He not only grew from a baby in the manger to be the God who was willing to die for us, but he also lays us across his knee and calls us his own, purchasing our freedom from the slavery of sin, of death, of Satan and of hell. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under that law so that we might receive adoption as sons, sons and daughters. And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts crying, Abba, Father, just like Jesus would have done to Joseph. Father, Father, Daddy, you're no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. Isn't that a beautiful promise? That not only Jesus is able to say that about Joseph, Daddy, Daddy, but, but we get taken in the, in the Father's arms, laid across His knee. We can look at any point in our lives say, Abba, Daddy, because God sees us fully as His children. Even though in a sense we've been brought in, brought out of slavery. He sees us completely as his children. What child is this? He's the one who makes adoption in his family possible. Freedom from sin. That's exactly what that angel proclaimed to, I love this. I think one of my favourite Christmas verses is this one when it talks about naming you know, Jesus' name, that bottom part. She will bear a son. You shall call him Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. The name Jesus means exactly that. God saves. Yeshua or Joshua, same name, God saves. And what God saves, he doesn't just leave out in the lurch. He doesn't just basically pluck us out of that life and say, there you go, you're saved, you're on your own. No way. He actually embraces us as his own adopts us and gives us the power of the Spirit, which is just what a, what a great gift. It's called a great gift, isn't it? In I think it's Acts 2.42. The gift of the Holy Spirit given to us so that we can actually be made into the likeness of Jesus. A beautiful story. Just like Jesus was as he grew, was growing more and more into the likeness of the, of the Son of God that he was. So we too... As we go through life with the Spirit of God, we get to be more and more like Jesus. Romans 8, 14 to 17. For all who are led by the Spirit of God as sons of God, it's the Spirit of God in us leading us through life, through every thick and thin thing that we go through. For so you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself bears with us with our spirit. We are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, suffering with him in order that we may be glorified with him. Beautiful verse just to ponder, isn't it? The spirit of God inside of us, no matter what else we're going through, says, "No, you are God's children. You can cry out to him, Have a father and know that he's there. And Paul also writes that our adoption into God's family in in his letter to the Ephesians, he predestined us for adoption. Think of what you've gone through and still know that God wanted you to be a child of God no matter what you've gone through. Adoption as sons through Christ Jesus according to the purpose of his will. Not only sons to to, to pluck you out of a a life of slavery, but to actually set your feet on a rock and say, you're okay, everything's going to be okay. You're going to get home. What child is this? He's the one who allows us to be adopted into God's family. He's also the one, and I love this about Jesus, he gives us a new name. Ponder this. This is lovely meat this morning, I think. This this idea that, that in eternity... Jesus gives us a new name. Revelation two seventeen. He who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says. I will give him a white stone with a new name written on that stone that no one knows except the one who receives it. And Jackie and I we spoke about names, and we were saying how in in that time in the biblical time names weren't just something like we didn't just go through a book and a b and we'll pick that one. You know, it, it, was, it was something that the parent was saying, no, this name signifies something about what we want that child to be. Like calling Joshua, Joshua, God save. You know, it's just, I think about Daniel, God is my judge. Think about what he had to go through. You know, the name is so important. And here Jesus is we're saying that in, in eternity, in the future, the Lord will come to us, give us a stone with a name on it. And I just personally think that name is going to define what life will be like. What life will be like, is it life you call it? What, what the new life in eternity will be. Somehow our eternal existence is going to be defined by that name that he gives us. Somehow the work, that, the life that we'll lead is related to that stone, a purpose, a will that's just going to be incredible, I, I think. I think as we think about it, What that word will say, what that name will be. I'm not going to be Andy anymore. I'm going to be, and it will define what I will do for the whole of eternity. These are the characteristics of God. He's supposed to, in a sense, blow our minds. How how powerful it is to be His children. It is amazing. We are His children now, and in the future. All all that means will be revealed to us. How precious. This little baby in the manger allows us to have this joy, this this sense of anticipation of what will be when God saves us. Jesus saves us so that we can have this new life. These are the characteristics we see in, in, in Joseph, isn't it? That Joseph basically could have left Mary in the lurch but saves her and gives that little baby a, a life, calls him his own, and gets him, we know that just after he was born, or sometime after he was born, that the Herod, this crazy king, tried to de- destroy Jesus, didn't it? And again, Joseph saving Jesus, taking him to Egypt. And then we see that about our God, doesn't he? That no matter what we've been through, he adopts us, and no matter what we're going through, he saves us continually. He gets us through. We praise God for that. What, little, what this little baby can, can do in our lives is everything. We're going to take communion in a second. But it's the ultimate question to ask, isn't it, as we, we go to the communion table. What child is this? I'm just going to pray now. Lord Jesus, God saves. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, for saving us. Thank you, Lord, when we were, in a sense, dead in our sin. In a sense, when we weren't even looking for salvation, we were so buried and dead in our sin and transgressions. Lord, you saved us and gave us new life. And Father God, you're the one who takes us across his knee, puts us on his knee, and calls us his own. Thank you, Lord. Thank you so much. How can we express our gratitude for what you've done for us? Lord, as we come to the communion table, may may we be reminded afresh and encouraged. Oh Lord, may we be encouraged afresh. We are your own sons and daughters because you've saved us, you've given us your spirit and, and I pray Lord that spirit in us right now no matter what we're going through, could have the, the, the faith and trust to say, Abba, Father, Daddy, no matter what we're going through, thank you. Thank you that you're with us. Thank you that you, through your spirit we can have hope. Through your spirit we can get through everything we've got to get through. And thank you as, that, as we look forward. <laughs> thank you, Lord, as we, we look forward to that time when we see you face to face. And that idea of you give us a stone with a new name written on it that actually is just going to be just astounding. It's all because of your goodness, Lord, that you do these things, of your precious love. You gave your only son so that we can have this eternal life. What a a hope, what a joy. Lord, I pray as we come to the communion table, may, may there be a great peace of God in this building for what you've done for us, Lord God. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, as we come to the communion table, we have those, that tension of Jesus. We have. Oops, lost it. We have. That tension. What child is this? That the baby in the manger. As we, we look at the body of Jesus. Come to the communion table. I'm getting good at folding this. <laughs> the tension that the, the body of Christ, the blood of Christ. What child is this who laid to rest? On Mary's lap is sleeping. Whom angels greet with anthems sweet, while shepherds watch are keeping. Little baby Jesus, we think, of the, the preciousness of God coming to earth, of God with us through Jesus. But then, he didn't just come to be the baby, to be the, the meek and mild Jesus, did he? He came to conquer death, sin. Nails, spears shall pierce him through, the cross he bore for me, for you. Hail, hail, the Word made flesh, the babe, the Son of Mary. We ponder this precious baby. Jesus saves. How did he save? Gave his life, laid down his life, pierced for our transgressions. We don't forget that, do we? The the communion table, as Paul says, is to remember this Jesus until he comes again. We remember we're not left in the lurch. The Spirit of God in us says, come Lord Jesus, are you feeling that this morning? No matter what's going on, come powerful. Lord, mighty God, come Lord Jesus. I'm going to ask the stewards to come out. And as, as, as we share this meal together, again, retain the cup, but take the bread. Take the bread thinking and thanking God for, being, for coming and being one of us, for dying for us, but also remembering as we eat that bread that is coming again, and then we'll drink the cup together. Thank you, Nikki. Thanks, God.